Hello everyone, my name is Austin, and you're listening to the Off the Top of Our Heads podcast. The only thing different for today is, we're doing a solo episode. I know, exciting right? Now some of you might be thinking, will the show be as good with only one half of the cast? Well, I hope to find out tonight. This is my first solo episode of the podcast, and our second episode since we returned, not counting the first 10 minute upload update video we made. A little bit of a mess up there in the beginning, but hey, it's fine. It's what we're here for. We're here to learn and make things better. That's why I hope y'all will enjoy this solo episode for today. So it's currently, you know, midnight and... Yeah, it's midnight. (laughs) I'm blanking on words here, but it's midnight where I live, and it's looking pretty nice outside, you know. It's definitely dark, but that's how night usually is, eh? <laughs> I know. I would ask how you guys are, but you can't really respond, so that's just kind of how it goes. But anyways, I'm your host, Austin, the patriarch of pointlessness, and you're listening to the Off the Top of Our Heads podcast. I hope you enjoy. So anyways, maybe thinking, what are we doing today? What are the topics? Well, we'll get to that. My first topic I'm going to talk about is Goodwill. Yeah, I know. Sounds kind of like a boring topic, eh? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean by that. But maybe not. Maybe you're interested in it. And not Goodwill in particular, but what you can find at Goodwills. Because I went to a Goodwill today, and I got three things. I got two games, I got a copy of Monopoly, and the trivia game You Don't Know Jack along with a 1,000 hours free disc of America Online. Now, to some most people, that'd be pretty boring. But the interesting thing is, these are all in pristine condition for a dollar each. And the question is, why would people get rid of these? I mean, the answer is a wide variety of selection. You know, there's a huge selection for the answers. You know, they might not have won them, they might have accidentally given them away in a box, or, you know... Someone might have just, you know, taken them, pawned them off, you know? But, I always found interest in Goodwill. Just, you know, perusing the aisles, finding other people's stuff, you know? You know, a copy of Monopoly, you know, for the Windows 95 may not seem, you know, all that important. And, I mean, technically it's not, but it's always fun to see these kinds of things in a store, you know? Well, obsolete pieces of media. Well, I wouldn't say quite obsolete. This is just, you know, a CD-ROM of it. So, you know, it's well in its limits to still be considered, you know, useful. It's not like a cassette tape, which would can definitely be considered obsolete. But it's cool to see them in the wild, you know, still being circulated in businesses and all that. I always quite enjoyed that. Just looking at it and just, you know, owning a physical copy of it. And I mean, like, you can always say, well, why don't you buy the board game? And I mean, that's fun and all, but sometimes you just don't have people to play the game with. Now, with this copy of Monopoly, I can play it whenever I want, as long as it's, I'm playing on my computer. Just pop the disc in, download it, and boom, I'm already done. The gathering of the players is not needed. You can play by yourself. Or you can play with friends if wanted to. And all that stuff, I mean, like... And speaking of, you know, media and all that, I brought up that 1,000 hours free of America Online. And America Online, yeah, that's obsolete. But the thing is, even though it's obsolete, 
doesn't mean it's worthless. I've always found value in these older pieces of tech. Like, I spend so much time just perusing, like, eBay for old tech that's on sale, boxed copies of old PC games, you know, VHS tapes and the like, you know? Gotta take a little water break here. Okay. <laughs> but I've always just liked looking at that stuff. I've spent countless hours watching YouTube videos on old PC hardware, old games, forgotten games, any type of anything like that. And it's always entertained me, and I don't know what it is. Something about an older piece of tech that people just don't seem to appreciate anymore. Of course, you got like your older video game consoles like the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo that people still play to this day and widely appreciate. And then you have all other certain pieces of tech, you know, like Betamax tapes, the competitor to VHS. No one's talking about those anymore. Of course, VHS clearly won that. I think we're no one seeing beta tapes at, you know, like Goodwills anymore. At least not widely, but you can walk into a Goodwill and find an entire VHS section and players for it. But you can't just find a Betamax player anywhere. Same with Laserdisc, you know, something like that. But the thing is, I feel like they should be held with the same standards as that, as they are another form of media that, although some may not be better than others, should still pre be preserved the same way. I mean, like, how many times have you gone to, like, any store that sells older stuff, like older tech? Like, how many times have you walked in and seen, like, an 8-track tape? I mean, like, yeah, sometimes you can't, you do. It's definitely not impossible, and it's not a daunting task. But usually, unless you're looking for very specific stores that sell them, you're not going to find them. But you'll have no problem going into, like, you know, a GameStop and find all the new stuff, because it's, you know, newer, and people want the new stuff. You know, in with, the, I mean, out with the old, in with the new. You know the saying. It's just how it goes, and that's the problem. People just, just give up on old tech, which, I mean, not everyone. Some people just aren't educated on it. I mean, like, you know, like, a lot of people these days don't even know what a VHS is. And I find that insane, but, I mean, it happens. Some people just aren't into that kind of stuff, and they're... They've been raised directly on the internet, and I mean, I'm not going to pretend I haven't. The internet is the reason I know all of this stuff, so I'm not going to diss the internet. I'm just saying. Some people don't broaden their horizons when they're on the internet. They're always checking the same sites, you know? Whether it be like Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, anything. They're always checking the same apps and sites. But sometimes, every once in a while, someone will, you know, just get curious you know, look up a random search for some older technology, as was per me. Because, like, I I was I was raised in, like, the Xbox, like, 360 generations when I really got into video games, when the 360 was big. So I played a lot of, you know, earlier Call of Duty, Borderlands, stuff like that, Fallout, you know, Fallout 3 and New Vegas, games like that. I played a lot of that. And then, once I had full access to the internet, and I was like watching a lot of YouTube in my spare time, I started watching, like, channels like LGR and a lot of other stuff like that. And, by the way, if you're interested in old tech at all, LGR is probably the best YouTube channel for it. He uploads weekly, creates amazing content. I, I respect the guy immensely for the content he creates. Very informative, very fun to listen to, and just overall great 
quality content for going over older tech and games of the like. It's so cool, at least to me. And that's the thing. Some people just don't like older stuff. You know, they're all about the newer graphics and all that. And that's perfectly fine. They don't have to. I mean, personally, I'd always like for people to get into that kind of stuff so I can talk to them about that stuff because few of my friends are into that kind of stuff. So I don't really talk about it too much. But I don't want to make this entire episode about older tech. So we can move on to another topic. Which ironically is another form of media. Board games. <laughs> this is just going to be a game episode about talking about this stuff, it seems. I've been looking into a lot of board games. Recently, I've gotten a, quite a few, actually. Um, let's see. One of them being The Binding of Isaac's Four Souls. Yeah. It, so, for those of you... Most of you probably don't know what this is. The Binding of Isaac Four Souls is a card game based off the acclaimed video game by Edmund, Edmund McMillan, The Binding of Isaac. And this was made in, I believe, I think 2018. It's a card game that features a lot of references to the game. And the game itself has a lot of biblical imagery in it. So it's a very interesting game with a lot of style. Personally, I haven't been able to play it too much due to lack of people to play it with. But it's a great card game for like four, I think it's two to four people. Yeah, around two to four people. I think you can play with six at the max. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, go play per play by how you how you play it. If you're interested in it, you can go and look at it yourself. But it's a great game. It, it kind of reminds me of, you know, other games like, um... Uh, I'm kind of blanking here. I haven't really been able to play it much, so I can't really compare it to other things. But it's kind of like... It's basically the embodiment of the video game in card form. It's kind of like playing the Pac-Man board game, if y'all have ever heard of that. It's like... It's not as good as the game, but it's still quite good. Well, in the case of this, not in the Pac-Man board game. That's just direct trash from, like, what, like the 90s? And another game I've been playing recently, I've actually gotten a few matches in with my family and all that stuff, and some of my friends, is Trial by Trolley, Cyanide and Happiness, Cyanide and Happiness's newest card game. And this one I can actually describe on how you play it. <laughs> so the aim of the game is, uh, you need at least two teams. So you need about three players. There's, one, there's two teams and the conductor. The aim of the game is to have less death tokens. And how you get death tokens is by... Um, uh, let me preface this by the way you play the game. So the two teams have a track. And you have to place cards down on your track and the opponent's track to make theirs look more appealing to run over. And you have to win the game by having the conductor run over your track less. So there's good cards, evil cards, and modifier cards. Good cards are like cards that if they were to be run over would make a negative impact, like a scientist. Evil cards are putting, like, Hitler on the track. And modifiers would say, like, let's say you put a modifier card on the scientist, and the modifier said, would give you a million dollars if you wouldn't run him over. Something like that. And so it creates a dilemma. And you had to debate between the two teams and to the conductor to convince him to run the other person's track over. And whoever's track gets run over, they get one death token. And then the conductor switches uh, clockwise. It's a very fun game, and it's... Uh, I 
not entirely inappropriate. It's pretty family friendly for the most part, and I'm saying I highly recommend it. It's very fun. I have always enjoyed playing games like that. Another one of Side Night Happiness's games is Joking Hazard, which is entirely not family friendly. Let me tell you. <laughs> so it's basically Cards Against Humanity, but with comic panels. We had to make your own comic panel, and the funniest is the selected. It's literally just Cards Against Humanity with Cyanide Happiness, which is a comic and animation series on YouTube. I'm assuming some of you guys know about that. It's quite popular, and they've had a few spin-off shows with, uh, a few, I think, Black Pill and Octopi Entertainment, um, two separate enter- entities, with the shows Purgatoni and The Stockholms. Both good shows on YouTube. They're both entirely free to watch, and they provide a few hours of fun. I like those shows, and I recommend them to any people who like, you know, dark humor, just random, stuff like that. And for those of you who do not know, um, Cards Against Humanity is a um, card game, which basically, you have to win the most rounds by having the funniest card. The judge will put down a black card, which is a preface uh, preface to the other card you're going to put down. Like, let's say the judge puts down a card that says, blank, will jump off a cliff. I mean, not a very funny card, but you get the gist. And someone puts, like, a cow, and then someone else puts, like, some celebrity, and the judge picks the cow as the funniest card. The person that put down the cow would win. And that goes on for ten or so, ten or so rounds until so someone has the most amount of cards. And the person that has the most amount of cards and win, or wins, I mean, would be the winner of the game. I know I'm really explaining this at a very basic level, but I hope you guys, you know, at least get the gist of it and maybe seek them out yourselves if you don't already own a copy of them. They are very fun. You know, like, just board games like that, you know? Just get some friends around, mess around for an hour or so, and just have fun. It's good fun for everyone. As long as you know how to play the game. And if you don't, I guess make your own fun. Or read the instructions. That always works too. I guess that's... Instructions are more of a recommendation. Half the time. To some people at least. Usually you should probably read them. I feel like you should read them. <laughs> but anyways. I don't want to spend too much time talking on too many topics. And I don't want to spend 20 minutes on one topic. So... On to the next one, am I right, guys? So, (laughs) I was just listening to some music, say, yesterday, and I found this band. I I wouldn't say band. It's a very interesting artist. I I thought this was really interesting. Because it was on my daily mix for Spotify. And this guy's name is Jack Stober, or Stauber. S-T-A-U-B-E-R. And he's on Spotify under the name Jack Stober's Micropop, which is a very interesting artist. He's like a very interesting artist. He makes like a mix between like, it's a form of pop, but with the way he does it, it's so out of left field that you just don't expect it. And the music is honestly really good. And his um, cover art for a lot of his songs are very stylized with a like kind of like a clay like figure or like some piece of food it's hard to describe without checking it out i would recommend you go on spotify and look up jack stober's micropop it's interesting and honestly i've been listening to his music a lot he looks like he's quite popular with actually 
I didn't look at this, I'm just seeing it right now. He has quite, like, his most popular song has 26 million plays. So, okay. He's not as obscure as I thought. This guy's got a lot of stuff going. Like, yeah, 225 million for his song Buttercup. That's a lot more than I thought, and you know what? Cool. That was just a little interesting tidbit I thought for today. Because I, I listen to a lot of music. And I mean a lot. If I'm not listening to a podcast or a story, I'm listening to music. And I listen to a lot of stuff. Everywhere from 21 Pilots, Green Day, System of a Down, Muse, Eminem, Ex-Ambassadors. You get the gist. Stuff like that. And I've always been looking out for new music. And, you know, along the years, I've acquired some more bands under my belt that I've listened to. Like, um, Blink-182. I started listening to them a while back, but before... Like, I think, like, before 2015 is when I started listening to them. And more recently, as of, like, 2017, I started listening to bands like uh, Bowling for Soup and, uh, let's see, yeah, Rush, Metallica, Linkin Park. I've always listened to them, but I just started getting really into them around that time. And, you know, like, I've started getting into some other bands like, you know, Eagles and a lot of other things like that. I don't want to blank here, but Oliver Tree, let's see, uh, Rare Americans, and let's see, um, Gorillas are bands I've gotten into very recently, and Gorillas, yeah, I know, I'm kinda late to the party on Gorillas, they've been, they've been popular for a long time, but it took me a while to get around to them, but since I actually started listening to them, and hearing the story behind their fictional band, it's really interesting, and I mean, I can see why they're popular. It's actually really good. Also, I recommend you listen to all the bands I just listened to. I know I listed a lot, but if you can remember any of them, Gorillas, Oliver Tree, and I've, I think you guys have heard of Green Day, but if you haven't, you should. It's really good. I think we all know that, though. But, like... I think I'm gonna end it close to here, because I wanted to do a solo episode. Just test the waters, you know? I may have stumbled over my words as per usual. It's one of my annoying foibles, stuff like that, you know? Uh, tell me about it. If it sounds bad here, it sounds bad personally, and I do not like it. But, you know, more or less, hopefully it was good. No background interference, hopefully. No interruptions in the recording. And from what I'm hearing, or what I think I'm hearing, maybe I'm going insane, but it sounds pretty good. Maybe I talked a little too much about some songs, and some bands, and some topics. Hopefully I didn't. Tell me how you feel if you're one of my friends listening to it. Or if not, I guess you can just think those thoughts and maybe I'll get them telepathically. Who knows? Eh, we'll always see later once you do. No harm in trying, though. Anyways, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Off the Top of Our Heads podcast. The first solo episode for me, your host, Austin, the patriarch of pointlessness. And this has been the show. We hope to see you next time. Well, not we, me. Hopefully Andrew wants you to hear too, but uh, just for now, I'm just here. It's just me and you, and you're there, and I'm here. But now... I'm gone for a second. I'll be back soon, though. Don't worry. And I am out. Peace.